Welcome to Closer Than You Think. I am Mark Scott. I have been an ordained pastor, youth leader, public school educator, and volunteer mentor in the juvenile justice system. I have served at every level of pre-K through 12 public education in multiple roles, including teacher, assistant principal, and principal. And I am a published author. Most importantly, in addition to all of my experience, I am dad to two daughters, and I have seen the enormous influence that religious and educational institutions have on people firsthand. Much of my life's work is aimed at reforming and simplifying the systems of church and school to positively impact the next generation. I want to help people to find simpler, freer ways to authentic faith and learning, because I believe God is closer than you think. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Hi, this is Mark Scott with Closer Than You Think. Thanks for joining us today here on Substack. And I have a special guest here with me today. I'm really excited about this one. And this is Lindsay. Lindsay, do you want to say hi? Good morning. Hello, everyone. All right. Perfect. Lindsay is in her mid-20s, and um, it's going to give me another opportunity to hear from somebody about this whole idea of voice. We're talking about uh, the idea of voice, how you find your voice how people go through that process. Um, I will say up front that I do believe there's a spiritual element to this in in the terms of God speaks to us and through us. And that's going to be something we come to at the end. And you'll have a chance to agree or disagree with that as we go along in this conversation. But I wanted to start with this quote. Uh, This quote is from Margaret Wheatley. And it says, I believe we can change the world if we start listening to one another again. Simple, honest human conversation simple, truthful conversation where we each have a chance to speak, we each feel heard, and we each listen well. So my whole goal right here is to take a listening, learning posture, and you're kind of the sage here. You're going to share your wisdom with us um, and all that good stuff. So are you ready? Ready. All right. Um, I just want to start by just asking you about this idea of voice. Um do you hear that phrase, like people finding their voice? Do you hear that often? Is it something that, um, but when you hear that phrase, what do you think of? So I personally, I think have always been like very opinionated, very vocal, very like loud about those things. And that's kind of what I think about is like, I am not typically like afraid to share that kind of thing, but in the context of like, religion and politics my parents always said we don't talk religion and politics their parents were both very religious and so that kind of turned them off from like the conversations I think and for that reason that was something that I actually never really had a lot of opinions on until um, adulthood really and I had to like kind of start figuring things out on my own which I still am but in like all other aspects of my life, I think I'm very vocal. And I think, what does it mean to have a voice? You know, you're, you are, you know what you believe, you know, you're strong in those beliefs and steadfast and kind of 
don't waver from that. Or if you do, then it's like, that's when you start to like kind of question those things. Mm -hmm. And so voice, I don't know. Finding your voice. I feel like people say that a lot whenever there's like internal conflict or even external conflict. I feel like I hear that a lot in like relationships being like mid twenties, you know, like you want to stand up for what you believe in and, you know, have individuality and not like completely converge with like really like romantic or friendships or whatever, like have that individuality and relationships and, or even in, like bad situations I think a lot of like you hear it from girls who are with guys that you know kind of put them down and it's like you know find your voice and stand up for yourself yeah yeah well that that kind of okay so a couple of things that you brought up there um one so do you see that quite a bit like playing out in relationships because one of my questions is is there like a healthy way to go about finding your voice and an unhealthy way? And what do you think factors into that? Um, Especially with people your age, like what are your, what are you seeing? I don't want to put you on the spot and I don't, I certainly don't want you to like say, well, my friend so-and-so did this, but yeah. um, But do you get the idea of like, are are there ways, basically your journey too, like the process you're going through, have there been times where you're like, yeah, I'm able to kind of, exert who I am, express myself in a healthy way. And then sometimes there's unhealthy factors that are, are forcing you to maybe go a certain direction, whether it's expressing yourself or withholding Mm -hmm. um, your voice. Does Uh, that question make sense? Yeah. There's a couple components there. I think I I, like have a notepad here. So I kind of write down things as I think of them. Cause I also am like the type that if I don't say it, then I'll like go off on a track and then I, We'll forget everything else that we just talked about. Okay, but finding your voice, I guess, in a relationship and like how that comes about, I think it's important to to kind of know what you stand for before Hmm. entering that relationship and know what you think because whenever you're trying to figure it out in the like with the lens of someone else, then you're trying to kind of like conform and make them fit into your life. And like, there's less of like that individuality focus, I think. Also, it depends on, you know, two people in a relationship, the other person and how they, whether they're open or not to, to you having that individuality. And a lot of times people don't I think want that, you know, they want to integrate like you into their life in the way that it fits for them, where that's where I think a lot of people can get lost and lose their voice, so to say, is that they're trying to fit a mold or fit into someone else's story instead of saying, okay, this is what I think and what I believe and how I feel and what I want. And then this is how you think and feel and want and believe. And then making those two fit together as mm-hmm. opposed to like trying to say, this is what you want. So this is what I'm going to be. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And the reason this topic is something I want to talk to people about is because I think it, it is where you have to balance two things. Like um, I love what you're saying about, you really need to be kind of have your own beliefs, your own convictions, your own values 
kind of going into relationships, going into interactions with other people. So those things are kind of set. And yet at the same time, be open-minded and be curious to the fact that people can still help shape you and, and change something. You might change your beliefs over time um, because that's something that I've done through my lifetime. And so that's one of the reasons I want to talk to people about this is like, how do you do those two things where you hold convictions and values and still kind of let other people influence you and shape you in healthy ways, you know? Um, And it's interesting what you said about like kind of your own individuality going into a relationship, because I have two daughters um, and they're a little bit younger than you, but you know, one of my messages and one of my hopes for them is that, um, you know, you figure out kind of what it means to be a woman. You kind of figure out what it means to be you apart from a relationship so that when you go into the relationship, um, you know, you know, that part, like, you know, who you are, like, um, in high school, um, you see a lot of people that are so intertwined with somebody else that, uh, you'll see a lot of people, for example, they break up, get back together, break up, get back together, things like that. And it's, it's kind of like they're breaking up with themselves in a way, like there's this identity issue and, mm-hmm. uh, that individuality part hasn't really been shaped yet. Uh, I'm going off on a tangent and I'm doing more talking than I need to. Um, so good thoughts that you've said so far. I'm curious, you said you were vocal, um, and opinionated and, um, as you were, uh, well, I guess all throughout life, but as you were growing up and stuff, do you have any examples not to put you on the spot, but of, of things that you were kind of, uh, vocal about since it wasn't religion or politics? Um, (laughs) I don't know if I have a specific example, but like whenever my boyfriend and I started dating, I asked him, okay, like, what did you, what was like, if you had somebody had asked you about me in high school, like, what would you have told them? And his answer was, she takes no shit. Like that girl, like she's 100% herself and just that's who she's going to be. And it doesn't matter. Like she's not going to be something for someone else, I guess. And that is, I don't know if I have a specific example of like going against the grain, but like in, if like, I also am very like, I'm kind of a black and white person to it, to an extent. Hmm. Um, so like in bluebells, for example, um, I, would I'm like a very efficiency mindset kind of person like very logical um and like there's the best way to do something and I think if we're not doing it the best way then like why are we doing it you mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. and in some ways like if you're going to do something right or do do it right the first time you know yeah, sort of thing. Yeah. um and so if if there was something that like and it wasn't like that I was just totally like going against the grain and saying we we shouldn't do it this way or this is the way it should be done or whatever because like you know I don't know how to run a dance team but um I don't know it was just like things that didn't make sense or in life in work in anything if it doesn't make sense then to me it's why are it's we hard it? to like kind of stand behind it you know right very yeah. logical person yeah yeah so that actually is like one thing <laughs> like I got on a little bit of a 
on a cliff yesterday at work because um, I was asked to do something that just didn't make sense to me. And I'm like this, I have to like completely redact what I put in writing four months ago, but there's no logical way for me to spin this so that it's what you want. And it was a challenge, but it was just short and concise. And also truth is the most, I think, important thing to me. And so that's where I also am like a little bit black and white, a little bit like focused or a lot focused on what makes sense and what's logical. And I'm like, I cannot write this and, and have it be true when I wrote this four months ago and yeah. okay, yes, things do change, but this was something that like, you know, we were saying four months ago, this is what yeah. it is, the yeah. truth. And now I'm being asked to completely, yeah, you know, redact those statements. And honestly, my name wasn't signed to it, but it was a challenge for me. And I just kept it very concise because that's, you know, the most truth that I could tell was four or five sentences yeah. about it. And, you know, my boss said, perfect. So, you know, she liked it, fine. Yeah. But my coworkers heard all about it the whole time I had to write it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm nodding along and because I'm thinking what you're describing is very similar that happens in my profession all the time where we are dealing with situations and we're like, well, wait a minute. We just said the policy was going to be this a month ago or wait a minute we just dealt with this student this way now why are we doing this this other way we need to be consistent we need to be uh, we need to have integrity in our processes so that we're um true uh truth that's an interesting word that you bring up so is truth basically about facts like the the about being factual you mean like that or is it a is there a deeper truth like um just being true to yourself or being true to your beliefs or right I think both definitely exist for me like what I value most is like truth I guess to the fact um but there is of course the aspect of what do you believe to be true and that actually comes up to in work a lot because you know with I work in a scientific field so there should be like there are truths in science you know this is studied this is tested this is what we believe but then there are still parts of it that like okay this is the direction that this group is moving and then there's different theories that haven't been tested so then it's like which which way do you go and in some ways it's made me question like is truth subjective yeah because what what it's all about what you believe and so that's where what's true to me may not be true to someone else yeah. right because of what they believe interesting interesting i know and it's it's like it puts me into like this deep like mind circle because i'm like i thought i thought truth was supposed to be black and white but mm. maybe it's not maybe it's what maybe it is for me but what's black and white to me what's black to me may be white to you you know it yeah, doesn't yeah. that's doesn't interesting oh man 
I feel like we could unpack that for like a whole hour. We might, we might have to do a separate conversation sometime just about, just about that idea. Um, but let me, let me ask you this. What would you like to use your voice to contribute to the world or what, what would you like to use your voice to accomplish? How, how can I use it to accomplish things? My goal is, um, to go to medical school first, short-term goal. <laughs> um, and eventually, obviously that would mean becoming a physician. Hopefully if I succeed in medical school, um, I'm very interested in surgery. And so my voice there in a career aspect, I think would be advocating for patients and using that knowledge that I have to kind of guide them because you know you don't know what you don't know and that's why you look to experts in some some aspects um in a career aspect I think that would be the biggest use of my voice is using it for you know to share that knowledge yeah. and because I eventually will have done that work using it to provide for other people who don't have that. Yeah. Uh, in another aspect, I guess, personally using my voice in, in the world and how do I want to use it to change the world? I don't know that like on a grand, like huge scale, I have plans to do that. Maybe it's funny actually, because my, you know, I, I told you that we didn't really talk much politics, um, in my family, but my, um, the doctor who I work for right now says, you know, I can see you becoming the next surgeon general someday. And mm -hmm. I just never like thought that that would be even in the cards for me, like shooting that high. Um, I don't even know if that's something that I would want, but you know, she's put that in my head now and it's something that I would consider, but okay personally it doesn't have to be like big grand scheme to necessarily change the world what i think would change the world the most is is really just between two people and specifically parents and their kids and i think i am nowhere close to becoming a parent but that relationship is what would change the world because that's who we're giving the world to, right? And as long as that's based in love and respect and truth, then that is, I think, the best way that I think I could use my voice is raising people to take the world with that perspective of treating people with love and respect and speaking the truth yeah wow that's well said that's um i told you you were going to share wisdom that was <clears throat> that was great uh so let's go i'm going to go a little bit out of order of where i was going to go let's go down that path a little bit farther and say from where you are right now and and i understand you're like well i'm not a parent so i'm you know i can't pretend that i have all of this figured out um but what would your advice be to parents that are raising 
uh, kids right now in in terms of how do you help kids in a healthy way find their voice, find their identity, express themselves, all of that? Um, what would you say to parents specifically in one of three ways? What would you say to stop doing? What would you say to start doing? Or what would you say to keep doing? Based off of your observations and your experience. That is a really hard question, um, especially not having the, the perspective of being a parent. You know, I don't have kids. But but I want it specifically from your perspective of someone who just kind of went through that as a kid, you know, and now you're in your adulthood. What and 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 recognizing your friends and your peer group, what what are you seeing that maybe really set people free to explore things in a healthy way? What kind of smothered them? What what kept people um like one of the things when I talk about voice is the idea that each of us kind of has this space in the world to take up and some people shrink and they don't take up their space. And then other people over, you know, kind of overstep and try to take not only their space, but others as well. And so when you're raising kids, you're kind of trying to figure out, Hey, I want you to take your space up in the world. Like I want you to be you and, and let the world know who you are. Like, um, but at the same time, respect the people around you what it okay maybe not advice but what are your observations of what you think you see that is healthy and unhealthy in that regard something to stop something to start and something to continue I think I can only base it off of of course what I've seen and how I was yeah. raised kid you know myself 20 something years ago or maybe as as not too far back, 10 years ago, you know, it's 15. So um, actually that for some reason just popped into my head. I saw something on Facebook that I had shared that said, maybe you weren't a bad person. Maybe you were just 15. And I feel like maybe that's just may or may not be me, but you feel like the weight of the world is on your shoulders. And I think to answer the question, something to kind of start doing is being more present and using the time that you have with your children or um, young kids, adults, um, because like it wasn't just my parents that were influential. I had, I'm very, very close with my aunt um, and she was one of my like best friends. And now she's like, still a best friend and a mother figure. It's awesome. She's only 15 years older than I am. So, you know, whenever I was 10, she was 25. And so she was like the cool, fun aunt. Um, but there's community there, I think. And it's important to lean into that and not like let yourself disappear as a parent because there is that community sometimes. Like, yes, you rely on that community and use them as as needed and, you know, have all those different perspectives to show your kid that there's not just one way about it, you know, not just one way to think about this or just solve this problem or even, even raising kids. Like that was something that my aunt and my parents did not agree at all on. And so it was like, you can't discipline 
my kid because we don't parent the same way. And that was always something that it is hard, you know, and it's, I see it now too, with my siblings, um, who have kids and it's like, let's focus back on what, what's important to us, love, respect. And as long as you're coming from a place of love and respect, then it's hard to, I think, mess it up. Hmm. But those, the ways that you go about it, I know, I know people just, I don't think they'll ever like agree, but back to the community, like if you're relying on that so much that you're kind of giving up your own, um, I guess, presence in, in that, because my family specifically, like I maybe like withdrew as a teenager a little bit because I was so busy. Um, and I would, you know, get up for practice at 6am or something, or sometimes I could be at school at 6am. And then I had whatever after school activities for extracurriculars. And then I had a job that I would work until 10pm. And then I had homework until maybe midnight 1am. And so I didn't take that time. And this was like, you know, from the kid's perspective, but I didn't take the time to really have conversation and bond and be with my family and be present. And so, you know, my parents would ask me like, Oh, how was work today? Workish. That was my answer. And, <laughs> and I think I wish that they had like probed more and like, obviously that's kind of, you know, not, I was being short with them. Like they probably weren't, I wasn't being very inviting to, uh, yeah, to okay. probe more, you know, mm-hmm. as a, as a teenager, not in like, a, I don't want to tell you, but just like, because it wasn't what was important, you know? And I think maybe start making that more important than, than the hustle and bustle of like every day, you know, and being present in life. Like this, this is life right now, but what is, life as a whole you know and what it's it's us it's together it's community yeah like this moment here and now Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's really good because as a parent I can say I struggle with that um with my younger daughter like it's a 16 year old that you know how was school today? How was this today? How was that? Or what's going on with this? And very short answers. And and, mm-hmm. and then every now and then, all of a sudden, it'll be like spilling out information. You're like, oh, okay. So trying to navigate that. There is um, something going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us for this interview with Lindsay. So this has been a great interview and I've enjoyed the insights that I got from Lindsay and there's actually more to come. What we're going to do with this interview is split it into two parts. So this wraps up part one of the interview and then there's a little bit left that we'll be releasing later for part two of the interview, which still has some great insight and information from Lindsay. So thank you so much for joining us today and we're just going to go ahead and roll right into the conclusion and the outro we will see you next time. Thanks so much.
Thank you for taking the time to join us today. It means a lot to me, and I appreciate any way you can support this podcast and promote our other resources. If you like today's episode, please share it with a friend. Subscribe on Substack to get full access to the newsletter and website for all articles, posts, and episodes at closerthanyouthink.substack.com. There you will find a kit, K-I-T, offering knowledge for your head, inspiration for your heart, and tools for your hands in order to help you construct or reconstruct a vibrant faith grounded in freedom in Christ that is worth passing on to the next generation. Follow me on Twitter at Mark J. Scott, that's M-A-R-C-J-S-C-O-T-T, on Instagram at Closer Than You Think underscore 114, and on our new Facebook page at Closer Than You Think. Finally, you can buy my book, You Don't Have to Do That, for a discounted price directly from the publisher at outskirtspress.com forward slash you don't have to do that, or find it anywhere books are sold. Thanks so much. Have a blessed day and act with grace and simplify faith.